0: welcome to Fresh Fusion, a weekly show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 65, Portland, Paradise or Perdition? A couple of housekeeping notes before we get into today's topic. First of all, I have a new photo blog on Tumblr, or a Tumblog as they used to be called. I guess you could still call it that. Yes. So last episode, I talked about Tumblr. I said that I was getting into Tumblr and starting to try it out. And uh, just want to remind you all that, yes, that's a thing. And I am on Tumblr, uh, .tumblr jaredcwhite.tumblr.com. And uh, you can go there, you can follow me. And um, I'll be posting uh, photos there pretty regularly. Um, you can also go to my website at jaredwhite.com, and in the sidebar of the homepage, uh, I have some, uh, some Tumblr photos that uh, show up there. So either way, you can get to those. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is I have a brand new business website, whitefusion.studio. And uh, depending on who you are, you might not be in the target demographic for this new site because there's a lot of techno babble. So if you yourself are a web developer or at least have a passing interest in how the web is built, uh, you should uh, find something here to, to uh, provoke some thought and perhaps be a useful resource for you. Uh, otherwise, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, this is a new thing for me because I've always thought of myself as the guy that builds websites for people. And a lot of the time, those people have been uh, fairly non-technical. Uh, In the sense that, you know, they might know how to use a computer and get their work done, you know, in their particular industry, um, but they're not programmers, they're not developers, they're not graphics designers, etc, etc. So, you know, I have to kind of bridge the gap between my area of expertise and their area of expertise. Uh, But with this new website at whitefusion.studio, I'm speaking to developers uh, I am a developer, and so it's, it's my peeps, <laughs> and um, yeah, so this is new for me, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I built the site in such a way that at some point down the road, if I want to create a new landing page for a particular demographic that's not web developers, uh, you know, I can totally do that and reuse the overall design. So that's not a problem, and I could have done that now. I could have had sort of a bifurcated content strategy of, if you're a developer, click here. If you're not, click here. <laughs> click there. Whatever. Um, that's terrible. Don't ever say click here. <laughs> that that died <laughs> a long and slow and painful death on the web. All the click here's everywhere. I still see it every once in a while, but don't ever do that. Um, but you know what I mean. Uh, I, so I could have done that. In fact, for a while, I was working on a content strategy that was exactly that. It was exactly like you go to the homepage and you kind of fork down one path or the other, depending on if you're a web developer or not. And then I finally decided, why am I doing this? <laughs> I don't really need any new clients that are not in the web development space, like Working on open source software, helping developers, is the part of my business I want to grow, and so focus on where you want the growth to be. Um, and this is this is just good advice in general, you know, whether you're a content creator or an entrepreneur in some form, um, you know, figure out the primary area of growth you want to focus on in the near term, and put all of your marketing weight there. Even if you serve other constituents, you know, even if you want to have a variety of customers in different industries, pick one (laughs) and then put all your eggs in that one basket for at least a short period of time. You can always change direction. You can always put up a new set of content for a different audience. It's totally fine. Don't feel like you're excluding everyone else by just focusing on that primary target. Um, So yeah, so that's that's my very long-winded way of saying go to whitefusion.studio and check it out. All right, so to today's topic, Um, this this is going to be a tough one for me to get through without sounding like I'm rambling or on some kind of rant. So I'm going to try really hard to just have fun and keep it light, even though these are kind of heady uh, topics to get into. Um, You know, it's about things that are very deeply personal to all of us, where we live, our identity, our community, our, our tribe, if you will, in the real world. You know, on the internet, to a certain degree, you can be anywhere and you can find your tribe there or multiple tribes because it's all virtual. But in the real world, you know, you're going to be in a place and the people that you interact with are going to be in that place. And so if you leave, if you move somewhere else, you know, you're not just relocating physically to a new space in space-time, you're saying goodbye to communities and finding new communities. So, this is very deeply personal to all of us. And, you know, on top of all that, we're in a global pandemic right now. So, a lot of people might want to move. A lot of people might not be really happy with where they live, but moving is very challenging right now. It's always challenging, but it's even more challenging right now. Travel's challenging right now so you know it's hard to kind of get into sort of a woo woo where do you want to live where is your passion what kind of people do you want to be around when we can't really be around anybody Um, so let's just for a moment pretend there's no pandemic going on right now let's pretend for a moment that everything's kind of normal and theoretically you know unless we have a particular tie to one job or a group of people we can theoretically travel around and go live somewhere, wherever that we want to. Uh, let's, Let's just sort of pretend that's the case right now for the sake of this conversation. So let's get back to where this all began for me. I was born and raised in Northern California. Yes, I'm a California boy. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't think I would ever leave. I thought I was very happy living in Northern California. I was born in Marin County, which is just north of San Francisco. Um, But uh, when I was very little, my family moved north a little bit to Sonoma County. And that's my home county. And Santa Rosa is my hometown. And um, I just kind of assumed that I would live there I would grow up I would get married I would raise a family I would live the American dream in this lovely wine country north of San Francisco and you know I just it, it was this thing where I felt like um, you know I, it was on me to be responsible it was it, I had this this image of myself as the responsible one. And, you know, I wasn't going to do anything rash. I wasn't going to do anything, uh, you know, wildly unpredictable. Um, And I don't don't know exactly how I got that into my head, getting into my late teens, early 20s. But um, I think, you know, it was part of this mythology of, you know, kind of, you know, I was very close to my mom, and she had a really unstable childhood people who were, you know, really unreliable and, and you know, changing direction in life and, and, you know, doing all these different things that were, you know, kind of self-serving and selfish. And, you know, she was very much of the 60s hippie kind of, you know, thing of like, oh, just leave home and travel around with a guitar and peace and love and get back to nature because, you know, all the adults are nuts. And <laughs> so, you know, I grew up with all these stories and I, I think somehow I... I it kind of it got into me that oh i'm not going to be like that i'm not going to be unstable i'm not going to go crazy i'm not going to go off the rails i'm going to you know stay here in this nice place and i'm going to be responsible and i'm going to have a good job and i'm going to make money and i'm going to get a house and i'm you know i'm going to do all these responsible things right and i did i did find a wife get married <laughs> own my own home at an early age uh, most people in their 20s don't suddenly own a house. Um, but uh there was an opportunity for me to do that uh thanks to my parents and uh you know I was in a good paying job as a web developer and um yeah so I was living the American dream, <laughs> had kids, literally a dog and a cat. <laughs> you know, all the things. I, I had all the things that one was supposed to want. Uh and I was miserable. <laughs> uh, and you know, you, you hear these stories a lot now. Of course, uh, there's there's not a lot of shine on the American Dream these days. But you know, it's not because any of those things are bad. Like it's not bad to want to own a house. It's not bad to want to have a family. Like obviously, th- these are in and of themselves good things. But you have to do good things for good reasons. You can't just do them. You can't just do them because people say you have to do them. You have to do them because you want to do them. And it turns out I don't want to live in a house in a suburb that looks like American suburbs. I am miserable in that context. I know that's not true for everyone. Some people, it works well for them. They want to have a yard where they can shovel snow or mow or whatever. They want to, you know, go outside and play basketball with their kids. And they want to, you know, do home renovations and change up their countertops in their kitchen or whatever. I have no interest in any of that. Any of that. (laughs) I barely even like living in a building. (laughs) I watch videos about van life people or somebody on a boat (laughs) sailing out in an ocean. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I naturally gravitate to. Um, I didn't know that for a long time. You know, it was this side of me that I was, I think, subconsciously or even consciously suppressing. You know, oh, that's, you know, that's just the crazy talk. This idea that you can just, you know pack a bag and hit the road and who knows where you end up like you know that's ludicrous um but there's there's a legitimate part of me that sincerely wants to do that and you know of course right now you can't really do that uh responsibly um you know travel and all that but remember we're right now we're pretending that there's no pandemic so uh yeah i should go hit the road no um So going back a space here, so I was living the American dream, but I was not happy doing it. Uh, And I don't think my wife was too happy with that either, as it turns out. Um, So we tried a couple things. Uh, First we tried moving out of the suburbs into more of a country setting, and that seemed really nice at first. Um, We we actually went from uh, me owning a house to becoming renters on this uh, new property out in the country. uh, I, I, it took a while to sell the house because of all the upside-down mortgage market stuff that was going on a number of years back. That's a whole another story I won't get into. We, we rented for a while, and that was a disaster. Ugh, it nearly knocked all the wind out of my sails. Um, but that's another topic for another day. Anyway, we went from being homeowners to being renters on this country property. And at first it seemed really nice. It seemed like, you know, we could kind of have this like, you know, zen retreat kind of vibe going on and enjoy more of the nature feel. And, you know, it was great for little kids. They could go outside and run around in what was almost a forest. Um, But then we had to deal with mold and rat mites. (laughs) <laughs> I kid you not. Uh, and I think there was a problem with our well water that we eventually found out. And, you know, by the time like all these things were culminating in like, oh, my gosh, this is turning into disaster. Um, our landlord uh, said that they were going to move back into the property. And so we had to leave, um, you know, all cordial and everything. But it meant that, you know, we really had to examine like what are we doing? How are we living? Where are we living? (laughs) What do we want out of life? What do we want for our kids? And it really came down to, do we even want to stay in California? Um, And, you know, initially, that was driven largely by price concerns. Um, You know, living in California, Northern California, at least, uh, in the Bay Area. It's very expensive. So we started to wonder, you know, where could, where could we move to that's less expensive, but still really cool. Uh, and around this time, maybe a little bit before we honestly started this conversation, I actually had a dream about the Pacific Northwest. It was this very stylized dream that was like you know, kind of traveling on a road, on a freeway or something. Uh, But there's mountains around and evergreen trees and lakes and rivers and, and gleaning, glistening bridges and, and cityscapes off to the horizon. And just this very, like, you know, like, you know, movies where they have a dream, and it's like this very hyper real stylized kind of thing that's very, you know, glamorous. And it's like, oh, this is the a happy dream. And it's like, you know, dreams are not ever really like that. Except this one was. <laughs> I woke up from it. I was like, whoa, that was so weird. It was like, it was like being in this paradise kind of place. And, you know, like, maybe somewhere near Portland or Seattle or something like that. It, it really stuck with me. So shortly after that, when this conversation came up of, hey, we got to move, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, I really started thinking about, you know, what if we moved to the Pacific Northwest? And there were some other options on the table. We talked about maybe moving to Austin, Texas, and we actually visited there just to check it out. Um, But then I finally, uh, just on my own, went on a quick fact-finding mission up to Portland, just, you know, like flew there for a couple days and flew back. And... Basically I was here a day and I completely fell in love with Portland. I completely head over heels fell in love with Portland, Oregon, and this whole area here. I mean, you know, you just you just look around and you have the city and evergreen trees everywhere and glaciated mountains of the cascades and epic rivers and <laughs> an hour away is the ocean and it just you know all the things he could possibly want in this sort of you know stylized fantasy concept of of the great outdoors um so i completely fell in love came back and said we gotta move to portland we gotta move to portland um, so we did well, not to portland directly though we moved essentially to a suburb uh in a town nearby portland Uh, because, you know, that's what you do, right? Like, we're still in that sort of living in the suburbs mindset, I guess. And, um, you know, it was okay for a time, but uh, it turned out that moving didn't really solve any of the structural issues that were starting to go on in our marriage, and eventually the marriage broke down. And, again, this is a whole topic for another day, but, um, you know, me and my ex-wife now are separated and, uh, you know, raising our kids as best we can in that context. But, um, but I'm now living and working in my home office in Portland, like in Portland. <laughs> I mean, downtown is a 15-minute walk away. Uh, so this has been a long and roundabout way to say, you know, all my life uh, growing up, I thought I was you know, the person to live in the suburbs in Northern California. And I end up living in an urban context in a city, not in California, very different vibe. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I wake up every day and I'm like, thank God I live here. (laughs) I just, I can't even begin to put into words what it means to me to be here. And I know this is not for everybody. And some people are going to think I'm nuts because of all that's been going on lately in the news around Portland in particular. Um, And I'm not going to get too much into it, but I have some links you can check out kind of around, you know, those sort of the case for why Portland is in such big trouble right now. And then some, you know, maybe some pushback on that. All I'm here to say is, as a content creator... It's very important to live and to work in a place that inspires you. I, I can't stress this strongly enough. You got to be physically in an environment that is inspiring to you. Otherwise, it's all an uphill battle. If you get up every day and it's an effort just to get to a point where you feel creative, you feel alive, you feel excited about life you step out your door and you're like, "Ah, oh, this is awesome. Like if, if it's an uphill battle to get to that that ground level, it's gonna be hard to sustain lots of creative output because you're, you're not you're not kicking off the day feeling creative. You're kicking off the day trying not to feel terrible. <laughs> so it's an effort to get from oh up to all right, I'm doing all right. And then beyond that, you have to put in the effort to feel creative. That's that's just hard. That is a hard place to be. Now, if you're in this place right now and there's just there's nothing you can do about it, you know, okay. Like I don't mean to make you feel bad or to to you know make you feel more glum than you already are or anything like that. You know, believe me, I I spent a lot of my life in that space of you know waking up every day and and having to put an effort to get up to base level of woohoo and then get creative on top of it. Um, you know, you can do that for a span of time and then it's just, you know, you just get burnt out so easily. So again, like the reason I'm so bullish on Portland, even in the midst of, you know, what's going on with the pandemic and all the race riots that happened, and the police versus the people, and like all the stuff that's been going on. And, you know, every city has difficulties with the homeless population these days, but Portland especially. Uh, you know, in, in spite of all that, I still wake up every day and I am raring to go. <laughs> Even today, like I woke up today and, you know, did my morning routine went outside to take a little walk, grab some coffee, and I was just like, man, I'm so happy to be here. Cuz Portland has a lot going for it in theory. You know, the reality right now at this very moment is challenging, but In theory, Portland has so much going for it as a place. Uh, You know, when I moved here and started talking to folks, I I heard somebody call it an adult Disneyland. (laughs) It's like like the place to go if you're, you know, into uh, adult sort of things like, you know, hiking mountains and rafting rivers and microbreweries and amazing food and, you know, quirky creative people, you know, people think of a show like Portlandia as being, you know, just this silly comedy that maybe makes fun of, of you know, hippie liberal types or whatever. But, you know, the, the kernel of truth there is like, how cool is it that there's a city that can inspire a show like Portlandia? Like, it's very hard to think of any other city in America that would inspire a Portlandia. Like, you're, you're not going to go to San Jose and make a show like Portlandia you're, you're not going to go to Anaheim California <laughs> uh, and make a show about Portlandia uh, Portlandia you're going to make a show about Walt Disney or something um you know you're you're not going to go to uh, Phoenix, Arizona and make a show like Portlandia like you go to Portland. <laughs> And so my point is, like, I love living in a place that can inspire my favorite comedy show. I love living in a place that can inspire, you know, writers, uh, outdoors people, um, folks that are interested in, in, you know, the challenges of building urban environments that really work. I mean, the, just, just look at transportation. Portland has one of the best mass transportation systems in the whole country. I mean, it, it, it's it's approaching Europe levels of competency. That's not easy to find in America. The mass transportation in most American cities are awful, just, just awful, if not virtually non-existent. I mean, I, I come from Sonoma County, <laughs> an hour's drive away from San Francisco, where just being able to get on a train, on a you know, on a light rail train to get to San Francisco or even close to San Francisco was impossible until a few short years ago. And even when they finally built a, a, a line that uh, could connect Sonoma County and Marin County and all that, um, it was basically like tourist pricing. It's like, you know, you end up spending almost $20 a day to get anywhere, uh, you know, here I came here to Portland, and you could spend $5 a day and get unlimited transportation anywhere. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of reasons why I choose to live in Portland. I choose to remain living in Portland. And if those reasons change down the road, if I no longer feel creative here, if I no longer feel inspired here, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's totally an option. And that's that's the point I want to convey here is, you know, don't don't listen to what people tell you. Don't listen to like, oh, you should live here or you shouldn't live there or, you know, this is the kind of place that's going to work now. Uh, You know, you need to go where you personally feel inspired, where you personally resonate with the vibe around you. And, you know, put in the work to find that place, you know, if you need to travel around a bit to find that place for you, you know, put in that effort as a content creator, it is so important, you know, there's a reason so many people who want to break into the film industry, go to Hollywood, you know, go to that location, like, you know, if if you want to be in film, You got to go where all the people who are into film are located. (laughs) There's a reason people go to New York for all kinds of, you know, business or, uh, you know, artistic reasons, because that's where people are that are making waves in society. You know, there's a reason people who are into, uh, you know, being uh, tech entrepreneurs go to Silicon Valley for, you know, for all its structural issues there. like There's a reason it's a destination for people. That doesn't mean those are the only destinations. You, know, you don't have to go to Hollywood just to make a film. There's other places you can go. There's, there's burgeoning uh, you know, filmmaker communities in many other places. Maybe you can connect with one of those smaller communities. But the point is, it's really important where you are physically as a content creator, you know if if you are just sort of randomly living in a small town in some pocket of a state somewhere, where you know the the subjects most people talk about don't have anything to do with what you personally are interested in, um, you know you're you're going to have to put in a lot of effort just to get up to zero. <laughs> You're starting with a creative deficit every day, and you have to put in effort to get to zero, and then put in effort to get to a place of creativity, and that's just really hard. You know, you can do it for a while, but you can't do it forever. So I'll close out today's show with some comments on some research I was doing. Um, The the U.S. Census um, put out some research a few years ago around why people move, uh, and most of the reasons given uh, in this research study are the reasons you would expect. Like, a lot of people move within the same county uh, for housing related reasons. So, that makes sense. Like, you move to a bigger house or a different place, but you're in the same community. Um, but the reason a lot of people move out of their area, like to another county or to another state entirely, uh, is job related, typically. Uh, They find a better job or a different position or a new career or whatever. And, you know, I guess moving somewhere because it's more inspiring, (laughs) I guess, could fall under the umbrella of job. But I think it's a shame that there's not a category in the census. And there's not really a category in sort of our general discourse, I feel like, as a society, like if someone goes up to you and asks, like, "Oh, hey, why did you move here?" Because I felt inspired to. Like, that's that's not a reason people expect. Like, I know for, from personal experience, I talked to so many people here after coming to Portland who had asked me, "Oh, why'd you move here? You know, did you get a new job or you know, family or something?" Like, that's what they always assume. It's like new job or new family or purely practical release uh, reasons related to housing or something. And when I tell people, you know, it's just, I just like the area. You know, they they might look at me funny for a moment, and then they'd kind of nod and go like, it's a pretty cool area, right? But that, that's not the answer people <laughs> initially expect. Um, you know, maybe it seems frivolous, or maybe it seems, you know, I don't know, like that's a like, like, that's a luxury, you know, like, oh, you must be like some, some rich out of touch person, if you can just pick up and move somewhere, because it is, you know, tickling your fancy someday, like, <laughs> that's not a reason to move, <laughs> you need to do something practical and down to earth. Um, I don't know, I could be totally inferring that, uh, maybe that's all just in my head, but all all I want to do here if if you get anything from this episode it's you know don't don't let that negative voice in your head cloud your judgment if you're refraining from moving somewhere cuz you don't want to seem frivolous or irresponsible or you're afraid like oh i'm going to get there and it's going to be awful cuz i don't know anyone i'm leaving all my friends or family behind like all those kind of thoughts that we have like i just want to really encourage you like You can step out on a limb and take that risk, and it's not the end of the world. You know, if I came here to Portland, spent a couple years here and realized I hate it and it's awful and I want to go back to California, like, okay, so do that. It's not forever. You don't have to commit to a new city. You don't have to commit to a new state or even a new country. Forever. It's not a forever change, you know. At least it's rarely forever. I you know, it's hard to think of a reason why you'd get somewhere and and be literally stuck there forever. Um so, you know, take take that risk. Uh, being being an artist in some respects is all about risk. You have to risk something. Uh, you can't create great art by playing it safe in your life uh, that's that's what I've discovered anyway that's that's the number one lesson I've learned over many years of of self uh, reflection and angst is uh, you know the only path to great art is to take some personal risk. I don't mean dumb stuff I don't mean you know go, snort cocaine and jump off a pier. I I mean, I don't mean doing dumb things. I just mean doing things that seem perhaps foolish or irresponsible or, you know, people are going to mock you. Like, forget all that stuff. Just forget about it. Go where you feel inspired, where you feel excited, where you feel just ready to leap out of bed and take on the day and and do something awesome. Like if you start out, you know, from square one every day with this sense of optimism and enthusiasm, you're, you're going to get all kinds of awesome stuff done. As opposed to like, you know, the first three hours of your day is like. Uh, I guess I can record another podcast episode. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't want it to be like that. All right. Uh, I hope that wasn't too much rambling and ranting. I hope something in here made sense to you. Uh, let me know. Please let me know. Uh, either You can either email me, Jared at jaredwhite.com, or you can find me on Twitter, Jared C. White. Let me know what you think about this idea of moving to a place that inspires you, uh, leaving behind a place that, you know, has perhaps, uh, you know, run its course for you in your life. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious what your experiences are and, um, how you, how you see all this. All right. That's it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in and until next week, bye-bye.